Mike and I be walking through the crossroads, isn't it crazy how different the weather is from one weekend to the next? I mean, we go from snow and ice last weekend to people wearing shorts and flip-flops today. But hey, that's Tennessee. Again, we're excited that you're here. We're also excited for those who are joining us online on Facebook Live. And we say this every week. I say this, welcome to you. But the most important thing that you can do for me and for Crossroads is to take a moment and not just view this on our page, but share it to your own personal Facebook page. Because when you do that, the amount of people that see this grows exponentially. So again, that's what we're going to ask you to do right now. Take just a moment, share this to your page, and then throughout the week, anybody that comes across your page is somebody that you're engaging with. They'll see that there on your page, and they'll be able to watch that if they so want to or if they so desire. So again, take a moment uh, and share that, and also interact with us. Let us know that you're there, who's there, who's watching. Uh, and again, if there's things that you need or questions that you have, you can always put that there in the comments section. Well, if you've been with us here in the auditorium or if you've been joining us online or if you've been watching online, then you know that we are, we're in a series that we call Sabotage. And we started this series about three weeks ago. And this series is really built on patterns. It, it's built on tendencies, these patterns and tendencies that we all have in our behavior because it's these patterns and these tendencies that tend to ruin or sabotage our relationships. Now, the last two weeks, uh, we've kind of been drilling down or talking about pride and actually how pride can ruin our relationships, how pride can impact our relationships. Uh, but today, we're not going to talk about pride. Today, we're going to go in a little different direction as we look at the power of words. Now, here's the thing this morning. I want you to hear me. When, when I think about words, and you, and those of you watching and listening, when I think about words and the words that you and I use in our life, naturally, right in, in, in that instant, there are three things because of words that I know about you. I mean, I don't even have to know you personally, but because of words, there are naturally three things that I know about you. The very first thing is this. The very first thing I know about you is that you use words. I know that you, you personally, you use words because we all use words. We, we all talk. We, we all talk. Some of you talk too much. Some of you talk a lot, and we can't stop you from talking. Some people more than others. Some people have lots of trouble stopping talking. But if there's one thing I know about you, I know that you use words. I know that all of us in this room, all of us watching, all of us listening, we, we all talk every day. Now, again, when we talk about talking, let me, let me tell you what the facts are. Men, let me talk to you. Studies tell us that on average, men talk about 7,000 words. They will use 7,000 words over the course of a day. That's the men. Now, ladies, let me talk to you. Because studies tell us that you speak about 20,000 words a day. I don't think that surprises any of the men in the room or any of the men watching online. Men, uh, 7,000 for the men, 20,000 for the women. Women, you know what that tells me? that you are a lean, mean, communicating machine. That's, that's, that's what that tells me if you're using 20,000 words over the course of a day. But here's the thing. Even though we're not aware of it, now listen to me, even though we're not consciously aware, our day, our life is filled with words. Our day, our life is filled with talk. Every moment of your life, every moment of my life is infected with words. It's infected with talk. Every relationship that I have, every situation in my life, every relationship in your life, every situation in your life, now listen to what I, I'm going to describe this in a weird way. All of those are dyed with words. Because here's the thing. When you start to think about it, you realize that we're what I call wordy people. We're, we're, we're wordish people. Now, again, if you go back to week one, you kind of know that this series sabotage. We, we said what we're going to do is we're going we're to base this series out of the book of Proverbs. 
Because the series is really about relationships. Even though we talked about pride the first two weeks, it's how pride impacts and affects our relationships. But, but, but we base this out of Proverbs, which we call the book of wisdom, because all throughout the book of Proverbs, you're going to see consistently pop up what I call relational advice, relational wisdom. And, and I think it's safe to say that the book of Proverbs is really a treatise on talk, on words. Honestly, I think I could best summarize it by looking at Proverbs 18, verse 21. This is what it says. This is what the book of wisdom says. It says the tongue, we're talking about words, so the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now listen, we're breathing life or we're breathing death every day, all day. We're breathing life or we're breathing death into relationships every day. And it happens through the things that we say. It happens through the words that we use. Look, look, look at it this way. Words give life or words bring death. That, that's the way it is. That's just the fact. Words give life or words bring death. The choice is yours. You make the choice. It's going to be life or death and the choice is, used, is yours. It's going to happen with every conversation that you have. You choose. It's going to be life or it's going to be death. Now leave that up there just a moment, Gabby. If words give life or words bring death, you know what that means? Now think about this. That means that you have never spoken one neutral word in your life. You've never spoken one neutral word in your life. Every time you have spoken a word, listen to what I'm saying, your words, whether you realize what you were saying or not, your words come with direction. The things that you say have direction attached to them. If your words are moving in the direction of life, now listen. If your words are, are moving in the direction of life, then there'll be words of encouragement. There'll be words of hope. There'll be words of love, words of peace, words of unity, words of instruction. Words of wisdom, words of correction. That's if your words are m moving in the direction of life. But if, if your words are moving in the direction of death, then your words will be words of anger, words of malice, words of slander, words of jealousy, words of gossip, words of division, words of contempt. Words of racism, words of violence, words of judgment, words of condemnation. Words give life or words bring death. The choice is yours. So I'm going to do again what I did last week, and I'm, I'm going to put a, a, what I call, it's kind of a scale, it's a simple scale. I'm going to put it up on the screen behind me, and I'm just going to ask you to look at your life and to look at the words and the conversations that you've had and kind of analyze it on a really quick basis and just say, the words that I used last week over the last seven days, they tended to go over to the side of healing, or they tended to be words that actually brought more damage. Where, where do you find, because here's the thing, uh, whether it's business conversations or marriage conversations or relationship conversations or conversations with a friend, you're going to find yourself somewhere on that scale. The words that you use brought healing, or the words that you used did damage. So here's the thing. This morning, as we talk about the power of words, I've come to the conclusion that my overarching prayer for us as a church, for us as a community, is this. My overarching prayer is, is God... 
help us, help all of us, all of us in this room, all of those watching online, all of those listening online that are connected to Crossroads, help us as a church community to never look at our words as something that really doesn't matter because many people think words really don't matter. So what did I say? I said I know three things about you. I don't even have to know you, and I know three things about you. I know that you're like me. You like to talk, and I know that you use words. That's, that's the first thing. The first thing I know about you is that you use words. Here's the second thing that I know about you, and I also know this about me. The thing that I know is this. Your deepest pain and your greatest joy has been accompanied by words. Think about that. The deepest pain that you've ever experienced, the greatest joy that's ever happened to you, both of those have been accompanied by words. Now, now, now think about that statement. Look at it. Look, look at it as you, as you look at me, look behind me. And as you look at that statement, I want you to think about something else. Somebody somewhere back in time said talk is cheap. You know, you know what that statement tells me? That tells me that whoever said talk is cheap is a liar. Because your deepest pain and your greatest joy has been accompanied by words. So the fact that somebody would tell me that talk is cheap, that person is lying to me. Because here's the thing I know. Words are powerful. Words are painful. Words can be awful. And at the very same time, the words that we use can be amazing tools. They can hurt. They can help. They can hinder. And they can heal. But listen to me, words are not cheap, much to the contrary. Actually, when you think about it, words, listen to me, words are very expensive because words have a price attached to them. Words cost something. I mean, think about it, words have a price tag. Wars were started by words. Murders have been initiated because of the words that somebody used. Divorces have been sealed. And children's self-esteem has been shattered. And it all happened because of words. Because words end friendships. Words splinter families. Words shatter people's reputations. And listen to me, because this is really important to me. Words, the words of people, are actually the things that split churches. And I don't even have to know you. I don't have to know you personally. But I know the saddest moments of your life, the most celebratory moments of your life. Have been accompanied by conversation, by talk, by words. And, and, and I got to thinking about this. As I stand up here to speak, or as I get ready to stand up here to speak on Sundays, as, as I prepare for a Sunday morning or, or, or another event, even like a wedding or something I'm doing outside of here. I honestly feel like there's this company of like a hundred people. And these hundred people stand behind me, and these are like 100 people who have contributed to everything I know. They have contributed to everything I say, everything I speak, everything I think when it comes to the ways of God. Because you see, here's the thing. There's this group of people that have spoken into my ears. 
what I call glorious and joyful truths that have penetrated my heart. And those glorious and joyful truths, those are the things that have changed everything about my life. So I want you to hear me because some of you are watching online, some of you are listening online, some of you are in this room. I will be forever grateful for friends and family who took the time to speak into my life. I'll be forever grateful for those people. But at the same time that I have this group of like 100 people that have spoken into my life, I've also done something else. I've sat in the conversations with people who are 25 and 35 and 45 and 55 and 65 and 75 and even people who are 85. And as I've sat in conversation with those people, I've had those people tell me and talk to me about the horrible things that were said to them when they were younger. Horrible things said by, by, by a spouse. Horrible things said by their parents decades ago. And let me tell you this morning, when they begin to recount the things that happened years ago, when they begin to, to, to bring back the ugly words that were said to them back in yesteryear, you know what they do? They start to weep in my presence. They start to cry. As if those words were said to them yesterday. And it's in that moment of listening to people tell of the horrible, ugly words that were said to them. It's then and there that I'm confronted with this truth. And the truth, I'm going to show it to you. I want you to see it behind me. The truth is this. There is a scary, painful, long-time shelf life when it comes to ugly, helpful, hateful, abusive talk. Now think about that. There's a scary, painful, long-term shelf life when people say horrible, ugly, hateful, abu uh, abusive things to us. I mean, it's just like going to Kroger. It's just like going to Publix or Walmart, wherever you shop, Aldi, I don't care. Many of you go there, and one of the first things you look at when you see what you want is you look and see the expiration date. Because you want the expiration date to be as long as it possibly can. Sadly enough, the words that were abusive and hateful and ugly that were spoken to us have a shelf life that seemed to last into eternity. And when somebody has said something horrible and abusive and hateful to you, you can remember it like it was yesterday. You remember in the second grade when somebody told you that you were ugly. You remember when some kid in elementary school called you fatso. You remember when your ex told you that they didn't love you anymore, like it was yesterday. You remember when one of your parents called you stupid. And see, here's the thing, without even knowing you, without even questioning, I know that your deepest pain and your greatest joy has been accompanied by the words that people spoke. That's the second thing that I know about you. 
Here's the third thing that I know about you. The third thing that I know about you, again, without even knowing you, those watching online, those listening, the third thing that I know about you is this. Your world of words is a world of trouble. You say, Randy, how, how, how do you think you know that about me? You know how I know that about you? Because I know that about me. I know that my world of words is a world of trouble. I know what about you because I know what about me. Let me, let me give you an example. Let, let me just ask you a question. Let me just see where this lands in all of our lives. Is there anyone here, anybody watching online, anybody listening online, Anybody joining us today that you would be 110% comfortable if I were to replay a public recording of everything that you said for the last seven days? Let's just say it's an experiment. I'm kind of like the NSA, and I've been dropping in on all of your conversation. Would anybody here just naturally volunteer and say, you know what, Randy, I, I, I don't care if you, if you would just broadcast it to the church and those watching online. I, I mean, I don't think there's anybody here that would volunteer for that. We might tend to think that we would, but I think if we took the time to think about it, I don't think anybody would do that. And why wouldn't we do that? I'll tell you why. Because we've all had those conversations that we wish we could go back and snatch those conversations out of history. We've all had those conversations that we wish we could just look back and say, you know what, if there was some way I could take that back, I would take that back. Again, we, we wish we could remove countless conversations from the memory of the other people that heard those conversations. Now, I'm going to get really transparent with you. And let me say, it's much easier in this, in this service than it is in the first service. But I wish I could tell you that I was proud of everything that I've said to my children and everything I've said to my wife. I wish I could tell you I was proud of all the words that I've said to both of those, my wife and my children. But I'm not. Because sadly, I have those word-filled meltdowns where I say things without understanding the impact that my words will have on other people. So I'm guilty. But you know what's really complicated this? text messages you know what's really complicated this it's it's email i mean how many of you here wish there was a button on your computer or on your phone where you could almost hit the button a, a few minutes after you sent it and you could get the text message back or you could get the email back i mean how many wish you had a button that was like that i know google has something where you can undo it like really really quick but most of us don't think that fast how many wish there was a button on your phone or on your computer? And we're just going to call that the 30-minute-later-get-your-email-back button. That's what we'll call that. We'll have to come up with some kind of abbreviation so we can get it on the phone or on the computer. But how many wish we had that? See, we're really willing to stand behind a phone or a computer because there's anonymity with that. There's something about the anonymity of email that leads people to a level of, uh, of sarcasm and hostility that they use in the conversation 
on a computer that they would never use if they were standing face-to-face with that person. Right? Am I right? Never. They would never say things that they say through email or text message. I mean, I've said this before, and I'll say it a hundred times after today. People are unbelievably brave when they're behind the phone. They're unbelievably brave when they're behind a computer. So this morning, I just want to make a random suggestion. And my random suggestion is this. How about we all just covenant together, we promise together, no hostile emails. I don't care what somebody else said about you or to you. How about we just come together and say as a community, we're going to send no hostile emails. We're going to send no hostile text messages. As a matter of fact, the more sensitive the subject, subject is, take the time. Just take the time. I know how quick and easy it is to touch a button. But take the time, and instead of sending a text message or instead of sending an email, take the time to talk to that person face-to-face. And if you can't talk to that person face-to-face as you're writing the email or doing the text message, Picture that person's face that you're sending the email or the text message to because in picturing their face, I guarantee you the content of that email or text message will be totally different. There's power in words. And when we think about words, Jesus had some pretty interesting things to say about our words as well. So this morning, I I want us to look at the words of Jesus. These are not the words of Randy. These are the words of Jesus that are actually found in Matthew chapter 12. You can read along behind me if you will, or you can look in your Bible. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33, 34, and 35. Jesus says this. He says, good trees produce good fruit. Bad trees produce bad fruit. Now look at what he says. You can always tell a tree by its fruit. Jesus says, you children of snakes, you who are evil, how could you possibly say anything good? For the mouth simply shapes the heart's impulses into words. And so the good man who is filled with goodness, he actually speaks good words. But while the evil man who is filled with evil speaks evil words. Now think about that. Because what Jesus is saying is really something that we've addressed here before. What Jesus is saying is that if I have a problem with my mouth, It's not really so much a mouth problem, it's really a heart problem. That's what Jesus is saying. If you're saying certain things, it's not necessarily what's going on inside of your mouth, it's actually what's going on inside of your heart. Think about it. I mean, I've used this analogy here before. Have you ever, in a conversation, said something and it just came out of your mouth and either to that person or to yourself, you're like, where'd that come from? Why would I ever say something like that? That's what Jesus is talking about. He's telling us, he's wanting us to understand that when we say things, those things actually originate in our heart. You say you don't know where it comes from. I say I do know where it comes from. It's your heart. That came from your heart because, again, the thing we have to know is that the heart is the real issue. I mean, think about it. Whatever is going on in here, eventually, over time, it's going to come out of your mouth. And, And you can fight it as much as you want to. You can muster up and dig up all the willpower that you have to work on your mouth. 
But here's the thing we have to understand. If our heart doesn't change, eventually our life is going to be led with this right here, our mouth. And here's the thing. I believe God's goal for your life and my life is so much bigger than not just saying bad things. I mean, you've heard me say it before. That God's goal for your life and for my life is not just to avoid sin. Oh, but see, some of the, the Baptist churches would be cringing right now when I say this. I mean, they'd be like, oh, gosh, what kind of heretic, what kind of theology? I mean, but just listen to me. Hear me out. God's goal for your life and God's goal for my life is not just that we avoid verbal sin. Again, this is important to understand as well as we think about transformation together as a church. It's so important that I don't want to just say it. I'm going to put it on the screen behind me so that you can see it. Here's what I believe. God has designed the human soul whether your words will either destroy or build up others. God's goal for the human race is not just that we avoid sin. Because again, when we look, we see that was the problem with the Pharisees. The problem with the Pharisees was legalism. So God's goal for his creation is not just avoidance of sin. Listen to me this morning. There could be no sin going on right now in all of creation, and that would not bring delight to God. But God's goal is that there's an explosion, an explosion of goodness, an explosion of joy, an explosion of love. And here's the thing. If you never spoke words, we wouldn't experience any of those things. If you never spoke words, there would never be any expression of life. If you never spoke words, there would never be any creative ideas, never any articulation of hope, never any direction, never any wisdom, never any counsel. So God's goal is way more than just avoiding verbal sin. Again, I believe words can be devastating. I believe words can do damage. And I believe that just as devastating as your words can be to a human soul, your words can also be life-giving if your words are used in the right way. Now think about it this way. The words of other people can be the words that give you the fuel to carry you through life. People's words can be the fuel that actually pushes you and carries you through life. Again, we have to understand, there is an element of power in our words. And that element of power in the words you use is not accidental. It's not accidental because God shaped our hearts and our souls to be impacted by the words that other people speak. This is not accidental. This is actually part of the way that God designed you. There is power in words that can impact the course and direction of your life as they land on your soul. Uh, Gavin, go back to the slide before, this, before the next slide you're putting up. God has designed, like I said a moment ago, the human soul where your words will either build up or destroy other people. Your, earth, your words are either going to build up other people or your words are going to tear other people down. You just have to understand that. Your words have direction. They're going to do one or the other. They're either going to build people up or you're going to tear people down. Because that's the way God designed you. To receive those words. And when we, those words are received as they're spoken to you by other people, it's going to do one of those two things. It's going to tear you up or it's going to tear you down or it's going to build you up. I'm starting to feel like T.D. Jakes up here. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm going to turn on the air conditioner in a minute. I'm telling you, Lord Jesus, help us. Look, look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Here's what it says. Paul writes this in Ephesians 4. He says this. He said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Now, this should sound really familiar to you because we kind of covered this in a capsule moment in a message several weeks ago. Paul says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may, that it may benefit those who listen. In other words, use your words in a way that are helpful for building others up. What does he say? According to their needs. And you say, well, I don't know what their needs are. Well, that's what this is implying. You need to have a level of awareness. You need to have a level of attentiveness as it relates to the needs of other people. You need to care and pay attention to other people in a way that you can hear and understand and see what their needs are. You need to be living with a level of attentiveness that when it comes to the needs of other people, you can see what those needs are. Again, we talked about this a few weeks back, maybe the end of the year. L look at Proverbs 15, verse 4. It says, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. But a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Let's leave that up there a minute. Because that's something that all of us here in the room, those watching online, that's something we've all felt. We felt the deceitful tongue crush our spirit. We felt that, but at the very same time, we've done that. We felt that and we've done that. I mean, think about it. Our world and our words have a way of beating people up. The world just beats people up. And at the very same time our world is beating people up, our words are beating people up. I mean, life has a way of just leaving people on the side of the road in the ditch like the Good Samaritan. That's what we have to understand. That's what we really have to see. In life, all kinds of people end up lying by the side of the road. But it's our words that have power to heal their broken spirit. So let me let you in on a little secret. I want to let you in on a little secret as it relates to all the people that God is going to let you lock eyes with today and this week, next month, next year, the rest of your life. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Because whether it's your neighbor or your spouse or your coworker or the person who is sitting on the road with you right now, now, listen to what I'm saying. No matter how well people look, no matter how good they look, how put together they look, here's something I know. Everyone needs healing. And the thing that you need to know this morning is that your words have the power to bring healing into the life of those people. Your words have the power to bring healing into the life of somebody that maybe you don't even know well. See, here's the thing. You need to understand, through your words, people have the ability to understand that God loves them. Through your words, people can actually find out that they actually do really matter. Because again, the, the tongue has the power of life and death. 
And knowing that the tongue has the power of life and death, the natural question that we come to this morning is this. The natural question that I want to ask you is who? Who has God placed in your life? And what does that person need to hear you say? Who has God placed in your life, and what does that person need to hear you say? Husbands, I'm talking to you. You online, you in a room, you listening. Husbands, what does your wife need to hear you say? Maybe it's something simple. Maybe it's something as simple as, honey, I just want you to know that you're just an incredible gift from God. Maybe that's the very thing that your wife needs to hear you say, husbands. Honey, I just want you to know you're an incredible gift from God. And you're, 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 you're thinking, well, she already knows that, so why do I need to say that? I'll tell you why. She needs to hear it because there's power in your words. Let me go to the wives. Wives, what is it that your husband needs to hear you say? Honey, I believe in you. Honey, I'm for you. Honey, I'm behind you. You may think that he already knows that. But let me just tell you, he needs to hear you say that. What about your children? What do your children need to hear you say? Parents, you know what you need to say to your children? You need to tell your daughter that she's beautiful. You need to tell your son that he's got it. He's got what it takes. Let me tell you, parents, it doesn't matter how old they are. Never stop saying these things. What about tomorrow in the office? What about the people that you lead tomorrow in the place that you work? What do they need to hear you say? When is the last time you went to work and you looked your, your, your cohorts, your associates in the eye, and, and you actually said to them, I just want you to understand and I want you to know how much you mean to me. See, you're trying to rationalize. I don't really need to do that. I don't need to say that to them. That's why I pay them. But you're missing the point. Because there's power in your words. Now, you want to know something? I get it that you're not comfortable doing that. Because most of us aren't. I grew up in a house where I knew I was loved. I never knew where my, I mean, I always knew where my parents stood in every aspect and every season of my life. But this just was not the way that they communicated to me. And you know, we kind of duplicate what we see our parents do, right? So let me just tell you this morning, understand me. I'm not comfortable with this either. Most of us aren't comfortable with this. Some of you are like me. You grew up in a family where you didn't share your feelings like this. And I get it. I know your dad didn't do this. And some of you would say, you know what? I'm just not comfortable with that level of communication. Did you hear me? I'm just not comfortable with that level of communication. That's what most people say, and I get it. I do get it. But let me say this. Your choice of being comfortable over using your words to build somebody else up, if you choose comfort over building people up, that's a tragic choice. So let me ask it again. 
Who is one person in your life that desperately needs to hear something from you? And what do they need to hear? See, I know. I know you've got baggage. I've got baggage. I know your dad didn't do this because you know what? My dad didn't do this. I know your family doesn't share it this way, but you know what? My family didn't share it this way either. But remember, God has created an element of power in your word. God has created an element of power in my word. And he has designed the soul of another person so that they need to hear what it is that I have to say. They need to hear my word. And when we use our words to build other people up, they will flow out of your mouth and they will land on the other person's soul. And because of the way that God has designed us, because of the way that God has wired us, your words will impact their life in a way that you could never bow your heads and pray with me, please. God, we take it for granted. We take it for granted. We talk, 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 talk. We say, 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 say. And we lose sight of the importance of the words that we speak. Because our words can either build up or they can tear down. Our words can bring hope and healing or they can bring death and destruction. And God, this morning I understand that many people here in this room, those watching online, those listening online, they're not comfortable. We just grew up, we, t we tend to mimic what our parents did. And we think it will work. But if we choose comfort over making the decision to use words that build other people's lives up, that's a tragic choice to choose comfort over building up. So God, what we ask you to do this morning in our lives, in every life that will see this message, that will hear this message, we ask you to do a new work in our lives. We ask you to, to plow up new ground, to transform us, to give us the ability to say the words that we need to say to the people that you've placed in our lives. Let it be what it needs to be, God. Let us say what we need to say as we ask this prayer this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. In the cross So make me a vessel and make me an offering and make me whatever you want me to be. Again, here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me.
God placed in your life and what do they need to hear?